welcome back to the Unexpected Fuckery of 40. I'm your host, Nikita, and happy Thursday, people. I hope your week has been going well. Mine has certainly been more relaxed than it was last week, for sure. Today is episode 20 um, of season two, and it's also going to be the final episode for season two. I thought I would go ahead and round it out with 20 episodes. I feel really proud of myself and happy that I was able to continue the podcast with just myself. It was something that I didn't think that I could pull off, um, and I had a little bit of imposter syndrome, but I surprised myself and I kept going, and it feels really good to overcome that nervousness I had in the beginning and that fear that I had. Um, there have been definitely learning curves with the audio, <laughs> getting that right, and definitely the damn video, um, trying to figure out how that works and how do you upload it to Instagram and Facebook and all of that. Um, but I got it together as time went on, I think. And I will definitely be back for season three with all new content. I don't know when, um, either later this year, or maybe I'll just kick off um, in the new year. I'll probably do a pop-up episode, maybe after the election or around Thanksgiving, you know, after those Thanksgiving dinners and Christmas dinners. You know, you have to talk about your family and how they got on your damn nerves. So I might do a pop-up episode, um, you know, after one of those holidays. But it's also my birthday, December 27th. And I know I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling. So I just thought I would go ahead and round out the season with episode 20 and then take a little break um, and let the creativity flow and just network with more people and line up hosts um, for season Three. And so I want to thank you guys so much for continuing to listen to the podcast and support the podcast to my weekly listeners, my drop-in listeners, my new listeners, um, all of you. I just really, really appreciate you listening to the podcast every Thursday or whenever you, you listen to it, just taking an hour out of your day to listen to me talk. I as much appreciate it. So thank you again. In the meantime, um, email me some show ideas or topics that you want to discuss for season three. Um, even if you want to be a guest on the show, email me about that. I'm always looking for um, new people to talk to, to bring new experiences to the show um, and new experiences in, in our lives of 40. So yeah, drop me a line, email me at unexpectedfuckery at gmail.com. Um, you can hit up the Instagram page, unexpect the Unexpected Fuckery of 40, and also the Facebook page, the Unexpected Fuckery of 40. So let me know what you guys want to discuss. I think I got some feedback already from a listener who said that they wanted to talk about um, office work wives and work husbands. So maybe workplace romances, I don't know, or just having, you know, a different kind of support system um, at work. So I think we'll be discussing that in season three. So yeah, guys, uh, thank you again for listening to me and rocking out with me. As always, I hope you enjoy this week's conversation and don't forget to Share, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast if you're listening on Apple and just have a great overall weekend. Enjoy the rest of your year. If I don't talk to you before the end of the year, happy holidays. Um, let the rest of 2020 be joyful. Hopefully it will be. And I will see you in season three.
So I couldn't let October end without bringing up breast cancer awareness, and I wanted to save the best for last regarding health and wellness and talk about how breast cancer affects our lives and the lives of our friends, our mothers, our sisters, and our loved ones. Breast cancer has affected many women throughout the years and continues to be the most common cancer among American women. And we all know mammograms are the best way to find breast cancer early. So each year in the United States, more than 250,000 women get breast cancer and 42,000 women die from the disease. And most breast cancers are found in women who are 50 years and older, but breast cancer also affects younger women. Um, once you hit 40, mammograms are free and is, it is considered preventative care. So today I wanted to bring my good friend, Tanika Williams, my neighbor. She's in my mom tribe. Um, you know, just all around great person and um, talk about her experience uh, with breast cancer and just everything that she's gone through regarding this and how it's affected her life. So I wanted to bring her in today. So welcome, Tanika. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Tanika and I met through our, our stylist. We had a mutual stylist. How yeah. long ago? Oh, gosh. Five, four, five years? Five years. Yeah, because actually that's not how we met. We met when you were looking for your house. Yes. And then we realized later we went to the same stylist. Yes, exactly. So both, um, I moved here in what, 2015. And then I was, we were looking both in the same neighborhood, looking at mm -hmm. townhomes. And I actually, my mom and I, yep. the salesman was um, showing me Tanika's home. I don't know if you had closed already. Nope, I was closing that day. Okay. Yep. yep. So we actually walked in her house and I remember seeing her. I was like, oh, that's another young black female single, you know, yep. I, I'm, I appears to be successful. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I never saw you again. Nope. And then until the hair salon. Until the hair salon. And then Crystal was like, oh, okay. You guys both live in the same neighborhood. I'm like, yeah, I remember you. Yep. And then uh, we both were pregnant, I at think, the at the time. same time. Yep. Um, and yeah, so from that yeah. moment, I think realizing we were both pregnant, we were neighbors, yeah. we went to the same stylist, we just became cool. We started doing things together with the yeah. kids. Both and went to HBCUs, yep. like everything just came full circle. Yep. We had a, a lot in common. common. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, we just remained friends and yeah, yeah. Yeah, the kids it, are besties. The kids are definitely besties. Uh, Harper is Gray's best friend. <laughs> they we often do play dates with each other. We just walk down the street and it's it's fun yeah. for them. So he loves him some Harper Grace. Yes, and she loves her some Grace and telling yes. him what to do. Yes, and he lets her. Yes, they in their own little mini relationship and don't yes. even know it. Yes. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how long their relationship lasts. It might be, hey, you know, they might walk into marriage. Yeah, have a little love and basketball. <laughs> yes. yes, love and basketball. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so you've had some recent scares, but first I want to go back to the beginning of your journey with breast cancer and what kind of scare did you have and what was that experience like for you? And by the way, Tanika just turned 40. Yep. Yep. Last, what? July. Last July, in July. And so, um, but your journey actually started before you hit 40. Yes. And so I wanted you to address that. Talk yes, about yes, that yes, yes. Bit. So we all know how scary breast cancer can be, even just saying the words, like, you know, makes you shake. Mm -hmm. It's a little quiver there because of all the unknowns. And I think it was something that 
typically you don't think about until your late 30s, maybe mm-hmm. early 40s, because at that point, you know, family and friends that are older who are experiencing, you know, kind of the C word mm-hmm. that people don't want to say. Um, but for me, you know, I was in my mid late 20s. So I was about 26, 27. Um, and I did a home breast exam. So mm-hmm. just in the shower doing my regular thing and was like, wait a minute, there's something there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. Okay, we'll go another month and we'll wait. Yeah. And I was like, wait, there's still something there. And then I just started experiencing some weird, quote unquote, symptoms. Because okay. at the time, I didn't know there were symptoms. I'm just thinking, I probably have done something. So mm-hmm. um, I was starting to have some hardness of my breast. Like they would get rock hard. It would be painful to sleep um, on my chest. Mm-hmm. Just little things that were extremely abnormal for me. So what did you notice, though, initially that didn't feel right? How did that feel? Um, I felt a mass, almost like think when you have a knot in your chest or Mm -hmm. in your back and Mm -hmm. you go to rub it and it's like it is something there. It almost feels like you can rub it out. But obviously in your breast, because of how dense your tissue is, that's not something you can do. But I could definitely feel it. Um, It was on my left breast, on the outer left side. um, And it felt to me pretty big. Mm -hmm. But I was like... You know, I've never had any issues. Breast cancer doesn't run in my family. Mm-hmm. Caveat, there are about five or six other cancers that do run in my family. Oh, so wow. it was still like pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't alarmed okay. at the time okay. until that month two when I'm still feeling something. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I'm having these weird quote unquote symptoms. Mm-hmm. So laying on my chest um, was uncomfortable, wearing a bra. Y'all know we don't like to wear bras anyway if we don't have to. Okay. The first thing you take off when you get home. That's the first thing I take off. (laughs) You know, if you're lucky to make it home, because sometimes I'm taking it off in the car. Yes. But it was uncomfortable to even just wear a bra like in my regular and normal day. It Mm -hmm. was just the most difficult thing for me. Um, So I went to the doctor. Um, When I went, she did, you know, the exam in the room and she felt it too. Mm -hmm. Sent me for a mammogram. And again, I'm in my 20s. Right. Like, you're not, You're not supposed to be getting mammograms yeah. right now. Yeah. So, of course, when we talk about health and wellness, because I'm in my 20s, these are things that aren't necessarily covered <laughs> by insurance. Yes. So, you know, now it's like out-of-pocket costs mm-hmm. for mammograms and diagnostic tests. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this time, we're talking, what, 2006, 2007? Mm-hmm. Um, so they weren't doing as many of the 3D yep. and diagnostic tests like that. So yep. it was your basic mammogram. Um, they found three masses mm-hmm. on my left side. Okay. So immediately you hear the word mass. Yeah. And, you, and everything goes left. Yeah. You just <laughs> you know? start freaking out. Yeah. Nobody yeah. even has to say the words mm-hmm. breast cancer. You automatically think, oh Lord, what mm-hmm. is about to happen mm-hmm. to me? What, what is going on? Um, but I was in New York at the time. So of course had some of the best in medicine, um, and it turns out I had what they call, and all you medical people, don't judge me. I'm probably not saying <laughs> it correctly, but it's basically I have very fibrous and dense tissue. So okay. I have what they call fiber abnormas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're typically not dangerous or harmful for you, except for the fact sometimes that they grow pretty rapidly, mm-hmm. um, which is what happened in my case. But because the tissue is so dense, obviously you don't know what's being masked underneath, which okay. was the concern. Okay. Um, so in... A year's period, um, I had seen two specialists. Mm -hmm. I had three biopsies because the masses were in several different areas, both needle and surgical biopsies I had. And then I had two surgeries in one year. So people are like, oh my gosh. And again, 20 something years old, 
single in the city. Yeah. I own a condo. I'm driving a BMW. I've got a great job. Yeah. I'm like, this is not life. Right. Um, and the scariest part, and anybody who's been down this road knows it's the weight in between mm -hmm. tests. Mm -hmm. So once you hear the words after mammogram, you have masses. Now it's like, we have to schedule biopsies. Right. Now you're waiting on pathology results. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, after they did the first needle biopsy, they needed to then turn around and go in and do a surgical biopsy, which is rare. And the biopsy is what again? Explain so that. biopsy is basically where they take a needle and they just go in and they're trying to snip a piece of the tissue mm -hmm. from the mass so that they can test it to see okay. if it's cancerous. Okay. Um, so if it's benign mm -hmm. or not. Um, so that's what they did first, but then they needed to go in and do a surgical biopsy, okay. which is where they're actually cutting. And now they're physically going in and snipping some. Mm -hmm. Um, so we did that as well. Um, because of the size of them, um, I had two that were about five centimeters and one that was seven. Mm -hmm. They wanted to go ahead and remove them. And because of the symptoms that I was having. Okay. So obviously after you have anything done to your breast, mm -hmm. now you're like on a hit list. So you got to get mammograms regularly. Yes. So I'm 26 years old, 27, about to hit my 27th birthday. And now I'm told I got to have mammograms every six months for at least the next two to three years. And insurance hasn't kicked in. Yet. Insurance hasn't kicked in. But it's that awful reminder that every time you go for the mammogram, mm -hmm. that weight gain yeah. starts again, yeah. right? Because yeah. now you're sitting there for four or five days waiting on the call. Mm -hmm. And God forbid they say something. Now it's another biopsy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's just <laughs> like, what is life? So right. you would think with all the modern advances in medicine and technology that there would be a different or a better way, but there's not. We'll mm -hmm. get there. Um, but long story short, at my sixth month, um, appointment follow-up after those they were benign everything was fine they were removed I had three more so this was when this is in the same year so oh my god um, first surgery was in January went back for my six-month checkup mm -hmm. June July there's three more doctor says let's just monitor them closely mm -hmm. I start having some of the same symptoms go back 30 days later they've grown a few centimeters Oh my God. So why, so, but they aren't, they have never been cancerous. They've never been cancerous. So why, why do the doctors say that they're growing? Um, really masses? don't know. I mean, at that time, one of my doctors thought it could be hormone mm -hmm. stuff. So it was, you know, do you stay on birth control? Do you come off birth control? Mm -hmm. You know, you always hear people say, um, there's a lot of women from that suffer from cyst mm -hmm. in their breast. They say caffeine contributes to that mm -hmm. so like anything you're going through you know your diet and, yeah and what you do what things can you eliminate that yeah. while no one thing is probably the big marker or contributor mm -hmm. all these little things compounded mm -hmm. what can we eliminate mm -hmm. um i'm not a coffee drinker or i don't drink soda but i love tea and i would drink five to six cups of tea a day yeah so it was like eliminating some of those things yeah and you know just doing some things differently mm -hmm. um I'm one of those people and I'm a little old school. So I think sometimes once they cut you open and start doing stuff, it's like, you say shit, shit just yeah. gets wacky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of how I felt. I was like, well, dang, they went in one time. Now all of a sudden stuff mm -hmm. is growing faster and mm -hmm. more things are happening. So yeah, I think that's just in our head. It, we it just tell ourselves. We tell ourselves. Yeah. That. But it worked <laughs> for me at the time because right. it actually made me think, is the problem that I'm having enough that I actually want to go in and have a second surgery mm -hmm. in the same year. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the scary part is, and anybody knows this, who you've had mammograms and you have dense tissue, you just don't know what's in or behind all right. that tissue. Yeah. Um, so it just made sense to do the second surgery in mm -hmm. a year. So did it. I got mammograms um, every six months for the next two years mm -hmm. that were all good. 
And then after that point from 30, from 28 to 32, I had to get a mammogram every year. Okay. So I was very familiar with the mammogram game, which yeah. is not the most comfortable thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and like I said, they didn't have a lot of the advances that they have now, mm-hmm. which I think would have eliminated me having to get so Sweet. many diagnostic tests right. year after year. Yeah. Um, so now we hit 40 mm-hmm. July. I'm like, I've been all but relatively healthy for the last eight years. We gonna go in here and do this mammogram. Everything is going to be good. Um, I always tell people don't ever, ever, ever discount doing your exams at home. Yeah. I was still doing that, not finding anything, not having any issues, go for this routine mammogram because of my history. They automatically do 3d, mm-hmm. which is great costs a little bit more money mm-hmm. so make sure you check your deductible yes okay i was gonna talk about that because um i know when i went well go ahead and finish your story and okay. we'll talk about yeah the, the but i was talking about check check your deductible yeah. because there is a difference in the two yeah luckily because i have pre-existing condition mm-hmm. they automatically opt mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. um which is great but i was told at the time um, went right to Northside. They told me, hey, it'll be five to 10 days before we have your results back. Mm-hmm. So that was on a Friday. The next week on a Wednesday, I go to my OBGYN um, just for a follow-up appointment about something else, some lab work. We get to the end of the visit and she says, well, let's talk about your mammogram. Okay. And in my head, I'm like, well, what is there to talk about? I just did it on Friday. Right. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hadn't even received a call yet, but she had already gotten the results okay. that quickly. Okay. Um, so when she said, I got your results, mm-hmm. immediately I went to that space. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they did it that fast. Yeah. They told me five to 10 days. You have it already. Something and you must know, be it's kind of like in a relationship. Yeah. When somebody says, we need to yeah. talk. Yeah. <laughs> You're triggered yeah. automatically. Yeah. yeah. Everything shook inside of me. And mm-hmm. she said, they found a mask. So I was like, okay, deep breath. We've been here before. We've right. done this. We can handle this. What do we want to do next? Mm -hmm. Um, So she set me up with a specialist. I will say having health complications in the midst of our still lingering pandemic and COVID has been a challenge. Yeah. Um, And a challenge just because when you think about doctor's office and medical clinics, Mm -hmm. While they're open mm-hmm. and they're seeing patients, obviously they're scheduling less people because they don't want the contact in and out the office. Right. And they're trying to be strategic with their placement and, you know, how you walk in and how you right. walk out and how many right. people at the receptionist desk. So because of that, there's fewer appointments available. Mm-hmm. Um, so while my OBGYN didn't think like, I think it could be cancer, mm-hmm. you know, those never words, those words were never uttered, but it was, you have a history. Let's make sure we get this check quickly. Mm-hmm. It took me five days to get an appointment. Wow. Yeah. Even yeah. though she had put a referral through the system and yeah. it was just because of the amount of people being seen. You got to think about all those people who weren't able to go in those four or five months yeah. where we were kind of shut down yes. that already have cancer issues or already have follow-ups yeah. and them trying to get new patients in. Yeah. Cause I had a follow-up for this year. Um, when I went and got my, um, my, uh, yearly pap and everything. Yeah. The doctor said, have you been for your six month follow-up um, to Northside? I called, I could not even get the people to answer the phone. Yeah. Like I couldn't even like for three days, I tried to even call the cancer center and they wouldn't even answer. Oh yeah. Phone. I know it was for me. It was all hands on deck. At yeah. that point I enlisted my sister and my mom mm-hmm. and was like, okay, here's my order form, a picture of it. Here is the phone number. Just get the first available date. Wow. I don't care the day okay. or the time. Um, and it took us five days to finally get an appointment. 
Um, luckily, the specialist I saw was extremely amazing. I would say one of the most thorough physician visits I've ever had. Okay. Um, they had all my charts sent over from even years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got there to see her, she had actually paid attention. Good. So um, one of my previous surgeries, I had in Augusta, Georgia. She knew the doctor that did it because she trained there. Okay. You know, it was just a great experience mm-hmm. considering mm-hmm. the wait time. Yeah. Because it's like, I got the mammogram. I got this news. Now, again, I'm waiting to try to get an appointment. That was a week. And the appointment wasn't for another two weeks out. And you're freaking out mentally, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, when you told me, I was like, okay. I'm not going to cry here in this (laughs) restaurant with her. I'm going to be strong because if she's okay, I need to be okay as well. But yeah, just in your mind, like you said, in addition to COVID and everything that's going on and how 2020 has just been some straight up fuckery. We all know that we've dealt with just shit just happening in our everyday lives. Now to have to think about, you know, um, these masses and it could possibly be cancerous. On top of that, I'm pretty sure you were, yeah, going through it mentally. Yeah, let's just say wine is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful source of therapy. <laughs> yes, it is. I totally agree. <laughs> like, amen. Um, but yeah, it was the waiting, I think, was the hardest part of everything. And then when I get there again, because now it's phase two, right? Mm-hmm. So they need to do um, an ultrasound and they need to do another mammogram and now you're seeing the doctor. So you get to the front desk and they're like, okay, so $450 for today. And, you know, it's that whole thing again. And you're just like. And that shit is so expensive. I know just because I've just been to the, to the doctor with Gray um, so much because he has, you know, his allergies yeah. and his um, eczema and all this stuff. Doctor's bills are so fucking expensive. I just don't even understand how they think that people can afford to even just live their lives. And and just even when you have a medical condition, how do you afford it? Well, it's funny you say that because at that point, I remember um, when the lady told me how much it was going to be. I think my biggest frustration was the fact that I called the week before, right? Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. I work in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm checking my deductible. Mm-hmm. Um, the number that they told me it would be about, her number was $200 more. So, you know, you come in prepared to pay one thing mm-hmm. and they're like, it's something else. And oh, by the way, if you don't pay this today, we have to cancel your appointment. What? So in my head, I'm like, oh, hell no. It took me three weeks to get here. What we're not doing is canceling the appointment. So, you know, you got to use your best negotiation tactics to get the front desk lady to be like, well, look, the insurance told me this last week. Mm -hmm. So this is what I'm going to pay you today. And you just going to have to get a payment plan for the rest. And you probably had to pay because you hadn't met your deductible for the year. Because to this point, I've been all but healthy. Yes. What have I gone to the doctor for? Other than like Gray, Harper Mm -hmm. has allergy issues. But other than that, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of COVID and then we were in the house. So Mm -hmm. they weren't as bad this season. So other than that, we hadn't been to the doctor for anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what I always say. Health care and medical coverage these days is really, it really only benefits people who are who who are really sick and yeah. who go to the doctor that's often. It. I mean, even like myself, yeah, me and Gray are always at the doctor. So um, by now, you know, we met our deductible. But if you're a healthy person and yeah. you never go to the doctor and you always, and then you have something that come up, you're in an accident or you just have mm-hmm. something just um, outside of the ordinary, then you are punished, I feel like, for that because you have to pay so many thousands of dollars depending on which plan you chose uh, when you elected your coverage. 
you are like punished for being healthy. I feel like you are. I mean, it you do better with insurance if you have chronic illnesses. Yeah. Like you do much better. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy to say that even if you've met your deductible for basic stuff, mm-hmm. when you have something serious happen, the amount of testing that happens is likely gonna fall outside of one of those parameters. And that's what and it's also about where you go, right? right? If you go to Northside Hospital mm-hmm. to have your diagnostic test done, that falls in a different bracket mm-hmm. in your deductible versus if your doctor does it in office mm. or if your doctor sends you, you know, if you have an outpatient surgery that you get at the outpatient surgery center, that's a satellite versus the hospital. Everything falls into a different bracket, which is why you're constantly like, what is this number? Yeah. Like, where do y'all dream? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to understand. You know, it's crazy. And I think that's what it was. You mm-hmm. know, I called and to the best of their ability, based on what the office told me was going to be done that day and mm-hmm. what I was able to you know, in my layman's terms, to relay to the insurance lady on the other line, she's telling me what the proposed cost would be. And then you get there and it's this much more. Yeah. And you hear, oh, no, if you can't pay that, you can wait again. Ma'am, that is not what we're going to do. Like, I'm here. I've mentally prepared myself for this. And it was interesting because when I went to the specialist, they tell you right off the bat, oh, prepare to be here for four hours. So you're already like, what the heck are y'all about to do for four hours? Right. But- the nice part is, is there's no more waiting because mm-hmm. they did all the diagnostic tests that day. Okay. And I got the results that day. I was okay. able to talk to the doctor about the plan of action. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, like I said, she was extremely knowledgeable. It was evident she had read through my chart and knew my history. Yeah. And I just glimpsed it. But she picked out things that were personal to me. Yeah. Um, so I went in that day with the hopes of being able to do the biopsy you know, right then. But because of my history, she said, you know what, we need to go ahead and just do a surgical biopsy. Let's not mess around with things. So that day? No. Well, that she was going to do a needle biopsy okay. that day, which is a lot easier. But she was like, no, let's go ahead and do surgical biopsy. Okay. Um. So we scheduled it. That was a Tuesday. She scheduled it for Friday, mm-hmm. Um. which will scare you as well, right? Because yeah. you're like, oh, I was just here on Tuesday. Is it that serious? Right. You got to schedule that fast? Yeah. Um, and then you got to make me wait over the freaking weekend. Kid, like, right. Because oh. you know they're not checking. They're not doing no. no labs. No. You know, in this time frame. Um, But it went relatively quickly. She was like, you know, I believe it's the same thing, mm-hmm. but let's be cautious. But <laughs> the real crazy was there was actually two masses instead of one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and I think that's really what got her like, let's just do the surgical and, Mm -hmm. you know, move things along. Again, medical advances. It was, you know, almost 10 10 plus years later Mm -hmm. since the last one. um, If you had mammograms and then biopsies, now, you know, they put these little markers in so that they don't have to biopsy the same areas over and over again. Um, So did the surgical biopsy and she was able to do that as well, Mm -hmm. Um, which was a good thing. It took about three days. Okay. (laughs) So she called me on a Wednesday and was like, they're benign. We're good to go. We're cancer free. 30 day follow up. And then again, another six months for the next year, year and a half. So while you're like, praise God, we are out of the woods. You're counting down the days to the next mammogram. Yeah. But I think, again, self breast exams, I can't at home. I can't preach enough. And just being aware, like, Mm -hmm. I think as Black people, one of our biggest challenges is making sure we know and understand our family history. Right. Um, And for me, that was the thing I thought, you know, even working in healthcare, oh, if, 
you know, breast cancer runs in your family, obviously you're more susceptible to having that type of cancer. But you don't think about the fact that if there are a large number of cancers that run in your family, you just might have cancer markers and cells. Um, So one of the things I'm doing now in um, the wave of being preventative is I'm doing the genetic cancer screening. Okay. Um, So so that's basically where you go and you can either do blood or saliva swab and Mm -hmm. they basically just, they're testing your blood for markers of cancer. Okay. Um, And then they do a full, it's like a two hour consultation to talk to you about what they find or what they don't find. Mm -hmm. Um, Go through your family history with the different cancers. And if they do find markers or indicators, um, they send that information over to the particular doctor of care. So, you know, if they find that there are some markers for ovarian cancer, which is one of the cancers that's in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, they would send that to my OBGYN with a preventative care plan. So okay. it's something that we can start talking about now. It's something okay. that we're screening for and we're paying attention because they found these things. Yeah. So luckily that is covered by I was insurance. about to ask, is yes. that covered? Um, and insurance? I think you have to have a certain number of cancers of varying types that have run okay. in your family and okay. then based on who the person is. Um, all of mine have been like grandparents mm-hmm. on both sides and mm-hmm. their parents are sisters and brothers. So, um, and it's been quite a few, everything from lung to stomach and ovarian. Mm-hmm. So they were like, let's do this, mm-hmm. especially considering the amount of things that have happened with your breast. The first time it was my la- my left only, mm-hmm. and this time it was my right. So it's yeah. been pretty isolated, but it's like, let's do all of the things to yep. ensure we've covered all the bases. Oh, wow. Um, so that's what we are now. You know, it's it's tricky. You know, I praise God that I don't have it, but, you know, I look at my Instagram and my Facebook, and we're at that age, right, where you start seeing things happening with friends, yeah. family, associates. Yeah. Um, and I think in the last 30 days, I've seen like three or four people I know who do actually have cancer and oh, a couple wow. who have breast cancer. Um, and I'm grateful that I'm where I'm at, but I just want to make sure that everybody is doing the things that they need to do. Yep. Not taking for granted, doing the things that are easy, yep. that are at our disposal. Don't yep. wait till you're 40 and it's time for your first mammogram. Yep. There's things you can be doing before then. Yep. Making sure, you know, black people, we don't want to talk about stuff, like mm-hmm. I said, but making sure we're talking to mama about what the family history Mm -hmm. looks like you know Mm -hmm. i've even stepped out on a limb and my biological father who i don't have a relationship with i've reached out like what else do i need to know about my family history that i've never known yeah and i know everybody doesn't have that luxury but if you do Mm -hmm. take the time to sit down and talk about it Mm because we tend to talk about these things when it's too late absolutely you know and you don't want to be sitting in the doctor's office and they say the c word Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden now your mama is like well you know your grandma so and so right (laughs) right you know grandma flores back in the day yeah she just went on and had her breast cut off you know how your mama talked you're like what yeah like you never thought that was important to tell me yeah so yeah and this is and breast cancer affects more you know african-american women at an alarming rate as well it's it has no like um race gender well it doesn't have a gender but there are men who have breast cancer there's like one percent of the male population who actually gets breast cancer so you know i I would say especially if you feel something different you Mm -hmm. know when something is different and off in your Mm -hmm. body right yep you should so even those of us who are like hypochondriacs and we think everything is wrong you know there's some validity to some of that right so pay attention yeah yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't discount. Just pay attention. Get the checkups. Mm-hmm. Stay regular mm-hmm. with what you're supposed to be doing. Yep. You know, eat right, exercise. Yeah. We all fall off, but just do what you can do. Yeah. And I, I, I think that that's 
um, typical. Um, I definitely wasn't really doing my own self breath exams before I turned yeah. 40. Um, and then I think, um, when it, let me see, I had my a breast reduction and I guess that was 2017. Mm-hmm. And then in 2018, my gynecologist was doing his, you know, yeah. again, his checks and everything for my annual pap smear. He felt lumps. And so he was like, okay, well, this feels definitely different, but I think it's from your surgery, but I'm not yeah. sure um, that you have two knots in the same place and it appears to be scar tissue, but I don't know. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm sure it's just, you know, scar <laughs> tissue, whatever. Like, no, I mean, don't be you know, trying to scare me. Yeah. Don't be <laughs> trying to scare me. The plastic surgery did tell me that um, you might have some lumps or scar tissue after you heal or whatever that you have to rub them out. Of course, I never did massage my breasts like yeah. I was supposed to after the surgery. And so they ordered me to go get a mammogram, um, got there. Yeah, definitely uncomfortable, everything. And then they, I guess they saw the lumps. They still didn't know that they were scar tissue either. I had to go get a diagnostic then mammogram. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, the crazy thing about that was when he originally first ordered me to go get the mammogram, the insurance wouldn't pay for it. Um, I think it was maybe like six months. I had six or seven months before I turned 40. So I might have my ages wrong, but they were going to charge me $1,500 to do the mammogram. And I was like, oh, no, I'll be um, turning yeah. 40 in six months. I can wait six months. I mean, I, I try not to tell my parents about it because I'm like... <laughs> I am not paying $1,500 for a mammogram when I'm, when I'm six months, it'll be free. Yeah. So, um, was scheduled. They sent me to Northside and, um, got to Northside. Then they wanted to do, because of how everything looked, they didn't want to do the 3D 3D. mammogram Mm -hmm. as well. That scared the shit out of me. And I mean, I had to come back. I think it was like two days for two days. I was so on edge. I was just frazzled just in my mind. Just like, Oh my God, I don't even want to discuss this with my parents because I know once I tell them, they might start freaking out as well. And like, you know, people are going to have questions. Yes. And at that stage, you don't have answers. Yes. And you need to digest it before you can give it to yes, anybody else. before you can give it to yeah. anyone else. And so I went back and I was just a nervous wreck. And the lady was like, calm down. You know, it doesn't mean that, that anything is wrong. Um, we just want to make sure that this scar tissue, you know, because of your breast reduction and the lift that I had, that it is you know, benign is not cancerous and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. And so what it actually was, was a calcification buildup in my breast. And they told me then I needed to come back every six months. Okay. Well, six months would have fallen, I think in the January, February, March Mm -hmm. timeframe. That's when COVID started. And so I didn't even think about it and I've not gone back and I need to, but yes, again, I've called and I cannot even get anyone on the phone, but again, it's October as well. So it's Breast Cancer it's a, Awareness yes. Month. So everyone is trying True. to get a mammogram at this time. So I'm hoping that I can get one done before the end of the year, just so I can, you know, stay aware of what's yeah. going on with myself. Well, and I'd say pay attention to, I mean, the internet is a wonderful thing. So it's a wonderful is, thing, but it's also can fuck up your mind too. It can, but <laughs> I was saying that to say, there are so many places that do like the mammogram trucks mm-hmm. and different things like that, where they yep. offer the free service. Yep. 
um, if your job for the people listening, because I didn't even realize I go to the clinic at my job all the time for like urgent care stuff when I got a sniffle or a sneeze. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that they do mammograms and stuff, wellness, women checks there too. At the urgent care? At my job. Oh, okay. At yeah, the job. Okay. because it's already, you know, under yeah. our health plan and managed by that. Right. I would have never even thought. I'm thinking this is for quick visit stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would implore upon people to make sure that you find out what all the offerings are. Yep. Um, so you're not delayed. Like, you know, time is of the essence when it mm-hmm. comes to your health. Absolutely. So. It, it definitely is. And and there are certain types of cancers that spread very, very quickly. Yeah. And that, you know, if you found out about them two years, you might be able to save your life as opposed to waiting till you get in stage four. Yeah. And, you know, you're just now finding out because you've been ignoring all these signs and now you have three or four months to live, you know? Yeah. So um, I haven't personally um, had any one that's close to me in my family have um, breast cancer. I know, you know, a lot of us, a lot of women in my family, we've had breast issues with, Mm -hmm. we have very large breasts. (laughs) (laughs) And so a couple of women in my family have had breast reductions, but it's because our large, long breasts just run in my family. (laughs) I don't even know how to say that. Big titties just run in the family. So um, Same here. Like, yeah, yeah. Put them down to size. Yeah, but um, thank God I don't. You know, I don't think that we have that history in our yeah. family. Like, like you said, with your father, with my biological father, we don't really have a relationship. So I wouldn't know mm-hmm. anything about my father's side. I probably can ask my sisters that I am in contact with if they've had any issues or anything like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I don't talk to to him, and so I wouldn't know what our family history is regarding cancer. Yeah. And that's yeah. Luckily crazy. my mom knew a little bit. Like she knew his mother died of ovarian cancer and wow. um but you know, you're like, Well, I wanna know everything because yeah. my biological father is one of six, one of seven mm-hmm. and four girls. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, you got sisters too. So there's some other stuff right with, the, with these aunties got yeah. that I don't know about. Yeah. You know. Um, so trying to figure that out. But even just for my own mother and sister. Um, and she might kill me for saying it, but she'll get over it. They have um, cysts in their breasts that are found often. My sister found the first cyst in her breast doing a home self-exam at 22. Wow. So, again, yeah. when I say <laughs> the self-breast exam is yeah. like, you know, until you can get what healthcare considers, mm-hmm. you know, preventative medicine at the age that they designated, mm-hmm. that's your next best option. Yeah. You know, and while cysts aren't something to you know, be alarmed about per se, because they're extremely common. I think that's kind of the issue, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many different kind of lumps and mm-hmm. calcification and fibroadenomas and different things that can happen within your breast mm-hmm. tissue that if you're not checking, yep. you have no clue that they're there. Yep. And how often should we be doing our breast exams? Every month. Every month? Yeah. I definitely don't do that. <laughs> I need to get yeah, on it. Every month. Every month. Yeah. And you're just basically filling around the breast to see in you know, massaging your yep. breast to see if you have almost months. think about, I know y'all can't see us on video, but like you're kneading meat, mm-hmm. like kind of two fingers moving mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and then around going from the outer inner to the nipple. Area. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. People, please check your breast. Stay, yeah. you know, all my ladies out there listening, make sure that you're doing your self breast exams. Make sure that if you are in 40 and over that you are checking 
um, to see if your insurance is covering your mammograms. Make sure you get them every year. If you haven't had one already, I know that it is still October. Yes. And um, you can get them for free, um, mm-hmm. I think, through Susan G. Komen. Yep. You can look online. Um, they have a lot of trucks around, you know, your neighborhoods and in your area where you can go get one for free if you don't have insurance or your insurance doesn't cover it. So make sure that you are on top of that because- yeah. And yeah. check with your healthcare provider too, because I remember the first time I went, there could just be a difference in vernacular and the way that they code things or mm-hmm. say what you're going into. Yes. That will drastically change your order. Yes. And what gets billed. Yes. Because, so, yeah. So even just the way they put it on the mm-hmm. paper, whether they put screening or they put diagnostic mm-hmm. um, or they put pre existing condition, you yep. know, all of those words matter. And it may be as simple as you having the conversation with your doctor to say, hey, I'm going to be charged this for this. You know, can we do screening first? Yes, (laughs) because that's what happened. Yeah, I think there was some mix up where the doctor didn't write diagnostic exam. And then I called and scheduled it myself and they were still trying to charge me. I'm like, no, 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 no. My doctor referred me over here like I got this from him. And then the lady at the front desk was like, well, we need to call your doctor and make sure that he specifically writes on here yes. that you need a diagnostic exam. If not, you're going to have to pay for this out of pocket. But I'm like, they trick you with this whole 40 at 40 shit. Everything is free. Yeah. And that's not really true. It's not. It's not. Because if it's preventative, it shouldn't matter. It diagnostic. Yes. Whatever it is, just give me what I need. Just give me what I fucking need. You but, you were the one who told me that this was the age I had to get it. So yes. how you going to tell me it's not covered now? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. That's why we got to get out and vote, people. Amen. Because you know, um, with Trump, you're not going to be covered with pre-existing conditions. So please but, go out and, and vote not, if you haven't already. What else he's going to change? Exactly. Yeah. See, I told you I needed a break. <laughs> The recording just cut off. Uh, we didn't have that much longer to go. Um, that was pretty much the end of the conversation. So yes, make sure that you get out and vote. You only have a couple of days left before the election and uh, your vote counts. It matters. We want to get Trump out of office. I'm pretty sure that's most of my listeners goals. So if you haven't already done your early voting, you still have uh, you know, today and tomorrow. So make sure that you go out there and vote so you can avoid those long lines on November 3rd. And I look forward to talking with you on season three. Bye.